welcome to the Girl Tries Life podcast, where we show you that women are capable of absolutely incredible things with the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host, Victoria Smith, a stress reduction coach who's all about helping you stress less, live more, and actually enjoy your daily life. We're all about building the habits that can help you seriously stress less. And if you want to participate in the most incredible, awesome challenge, the Stress Less Habits Challenge, head on over to stresslesshabits.com. This is a year-long challenge, the Stressless Habits Challenge, and every month we're going to take on a brand new habit that you're going to incorporate into your life, and it's going to help you stress less, and then the next month you're going to layer in a new one, and then the next month a new one. Now, these are all tiny micro habits because I know you're not flush with time. I'm not flush with time either, but the more you do these things, the less stressed you're going to be in the long run. It's like the ultimate self-care in habit format. So again, if you want to participate, go to stresslesshabits.com and follow me on Instagram at stresslessladies. Now, if you do follow me over on Instagram, you know that I've got a lot going on in my life as I'm recording this. I've got the cat next to me. I've got moving boxes. I've got complete debris everywhere as we're getting ready to sell our house. Uh, My husband and I are moving to Victoria, BC. Kat disagrees with that. Um, And we're excited about it. But like, I think as everyone knows, moving is stressful. Moving with kids is stressful, right? Like there's a lot going on. So you best believe there will be an episode in the future on how to manage the stress of moving, of moving across the province. But that's not what today is about. Today on the podcast, I have a really special guest, someone whose delicious treats have filled my belly and my heart with joy for a couple years now. So Deidre Latecki is the owner of Sweet Relief Pastries, and I kid you not when I say her treats are to die for. I discovered the bakery through a coworker because when someone offers you a chocolate-covered Oreo, you don't say no. And then when my podcast celebrated 100 episodes, it had to be Sweet Relief Pastries who made the cookies to celebrate. I might even include some pictures of those on Instagram. So we talk about how baking was not in Deidre's life, original life plan, and what that transition was like mid-university degree. We talk about her time with the CIA, more on that later working at the Fairmont Banff Springs, uh, our shared experience actually of meeting our partners while working in hotels, her transition back to Calgary and the start of Sweet Relief Pastries. So Deidre shares how she set herself apart uh, when starting her business, you know, when there's so many other bakeries, how do you stand out? And what she's been doing since the pandemic to keep, keep Sweet Relief alive and kicking. So make sure you follow Deidre on Instagram at Sweet Relief Pastries, because if you're in Calgary, she and I are doing an awesome giveaway. Okay, so before we get to the interview, I want to let you know that this episode of Girl Tries Life is brought to you by Straight from the CPA's Mouth, which is a new podcast series by the CPA Education Foundation and funded by the Heshi CPA Knowledge Center. Alberta's Charter Professional Accountants, or CPAs, are experts on a wide range of topics and issues of interest to Albertans. Straight from the CPA's mouth has discussions on topics that are important to you, from leadership skills and achieving career potential to financial literacy and how to make your tax refund bigger. We all need more money in our pockets, right? 
So whether you're a university student, a new Albertan, or a parent, you're going to find something of value on this unique podcast. You will find Straight from the CPA's Mouth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or on the CPA Education Foundation's website at cpaalberta.ca slash foundation. That's cpaalberta.ca slash foundation. So I also want to talk to you about a new initiative from our friends at ATB. It's called ATB Goodness Grows. ATB Goodness Grows is an initiative that motivates Albertans to bring joyful moments, super applicable to Joyful July, to others. We're all adjusting to being disconnected from the places, people, and experiences we love, so making someone laugh or bringing a smile to their day has never been more needed or more powerful. From live streams connecting business owners to new and fun ways to celebrate things like Father's Day, ATB hopes to inspire Albertans to keep the goodness growing. To find out more or to get involved, visit atb.com forward slash COVID-19 slash community. Okay, so last but not least, again, before you head into this interview, if you want to stress less, live more, actually enjoy your daily life, you've got to have the habits that support it. So go to stresslesshabits.com to participate in the completely free, completely fun, not excessive amount of time, trust me, uh, challenge, the Stressless Habits Challenge. Again, stresslesshabits.com. I hope to see you over there. Now let's head into the interview. Well, thank you so much, Deirdre, for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you again. (laughs) (laughs) So excited to be here. So uh, as I mentioned in the intro, we are re-recording this because I had some technical failures, but I so, so appreciate you coming back on. And I loved your story the first time, so I'm very excited to hear it again. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. Hopefully I'll still be able to remember it all. (laughs) I hope so. It's your life. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) nothing traumatizing happened to me in the last week, so we should be okay. All good. Well, what I loved when I was sort of doing some some research on you is that when you were talking about how you you started a completely different degree in a in a you know subject that is somewhat but you know somewhat related. But I think a lot of students find themselves in that situation of like, you think this is what you want to do, you've invested the money or your family's invested the money in it, and you find it's not right for you. So what was that experience like for you? So I loved learning. I loved school and I did super well in high school. I loved sciences and math. Um, And you watch all these movies where you think university is going to be this amazing experience, best time of your life. And so I went to school at Dalhousie University and I was taking a Bachelor of Science degree and uh, studying and everything was fine, but it just, it wasn't what I expected at all. Um, I wasn't very happy. I was pretty miserable there uh, from probably moving away from home (laughs) amongst other things. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't what I expected. And then I just spent most of my free time dreaming about baking and cooking and eating things. And especially the fact that I didn't have any sort of a kitchen. I just had a small dorm and ate in the cafeteria like everyone else. Um, so that just made me want to bake more. Uh, so I switched to more of an English-based degree in second semester, hoping that would um, inspire me a bit more, be a little bit more creative, but it wasn't 
as creative as I needed. And so by the end of that year, I decided I really wanted to go to cooking school. But that's kind of a big jump (laughs) to. Um, So my family wasn't quite sure if that was a good decision. But I got a job in a bakery back in Winnipeg. And just to try it out and see if that's actually what I wanted to do. And yeah, about a weekend, I was that's what I love doing. It was so much fun. It's so creative. Uh, and I decided that's what I'm doing. I'm going to go <laughs> off to cooking school. So I applied and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> well, and at this bakery, were you doing like the 4 a.m., 5 a.m. shifts? So I luckily have never worked in one of those type of ba- Well, <laughs> when I worked in a cafe, I started at five, but I have never had to work earlier than that, thank goodness. Um, But I was working at 7, I believe. I started at 7 in the morning, and I just basically rolled out cookies all day long. But it was awesome, and I had never done a job like that before. So it was was nice that I tried it out, and I realized that was actually what I wanted to do, and I loved doing it. Oh, awesome. But yeah, that is quite a major shift. And I can imagine your family was a tiny bit hesitant. So Oh, yes, they were. (laughs) Yeah. So you because you went to the Culinary Institute of America, what was that reaction from them like? Your parents? So uh, my parents, they're always very supportive. They can't really tell me what to do because I just do it anyways. I'm a little bit stubborn in that way. Once I have my mindset, I just go. Um, But they were definitely concerned. I gave up a really big scholarship. I basically had university paid for. Um, So giving that up and then going off to culinary school was a very scary thought, I'm sure, to them and to myself. But I just dove right on in um yeah but my mom was worried because she thought why don't I just finish the degree and then go to cooking school afterwards uh but I knew myself I know myself pretty well and I knew if I went and finished my degree in a bachelor of science or even English or whatever I was taking at Dalhousie and then by the time I graduated, I would just want to get a job and I would get a job in that industry and that would be the rest of my life. I just know I would never have gone to cooking school. Um, so I just it was like, nope, that's where I'm going. And the only school I wanted to go to was the Culinary Institute of America. So that's where I was going. <laughs> there was no changing my mind at that point. <laughs> And could you tell, like, as soon as you got there, like, this was the right place for you? or? Oh, it... my gosh, yes. <laughs> it feels like, like it would be an intimidating place to me. I don't know. It, I, I guess you could say it would be intimidating, but at the same time, it was such an adventure. I was, I was in California. I flew into San Francisco, hopped on this bus. It drives you, like hour hour and a half to this school and it pulls up the school my school is so beautiful it's this the oldest winery in the Napa Valley where everyone used to bring their grapes to get crushed back in the day they now everyone has probably their own grape crushing thing (laughs) but yeah so everyone would bring their grapes there 
and get them crushed and make their wine from the juice. Um, so this is like a really old brick building with palm trees in front of it. And yeah, so the bus pulls up there and I'm like, oh my gosh, where am I right now? <laughs> this is so exciting. Yeah, and I, I, you just feel so welcomed when you go to a school or anywhere where everyone else is so excited about the same thing as you. And you're like, these are my people. <laughs> oh that's it wasn't super intimidating it was it was but it was also just an awesome time oh that's great and then I was very excited to read in your bio that you spent was it three years at the Fairmont Banff Springs yes I was there for about three years um so I that was my first job after cooking school um and I I was just looking for a job anywhere, basically, but I luckily got a job at the Fairmont Banff Springs, which is such an amazing experience. Working in a hotel, pastry kitchen is really awesome because you get to do everything. If you're interested in bread, you can do breads. If you want to do cakes, you can do cakes. You get to learn about restaurant um, service, but also you can do big banquets. So it was a really great time. And I think for if you've never worked in the hospitality sector, particularly in hotels, like it is a unique beast. Like I worked in hotels for a couple of years. It's where I met my husband in Scotland. And it's such like you live with people, you work with them. Like, what was that time like for you? It was so much fun. It's such a like close knit community because everyone's working together, but you're also all living together and we're in this tiny town. So there's not even that much other people since that's probably the biggest business I would say in the, in Banff, Mm -hmm. at least in the city. So yeah, everyone is kind of around the same age as two. We're all just finished university have, or maybe they're just there for the summer. Um, Yeah, it was so much fun. I made my best friends there. My, I met my husband there. Um, yeah, it was a great time. And I'm so happy I had that experience in my life. Yeah. And you were living in staff accommodation, right? I was my tiny little box of a room, but I, I don't need a big space. I just needed somewhere to sleep basically. So it yeah. worked. <laughs> Aww. So what was, um, you know, you're saying you could do a bit of everything. Three years is actually a fairly long time for hospitality, right? Because it's, I mean, to be in one position, because it can be pretty oh, full on. Sure. It's a lot of hours. How, like, yeah. over those three years, how did you find yourself sort of evolving in terms of what you wanted to do or what you were interested in? So it was really great because, like I mentioned earlier, you can do pretty much everything when you're in a hotel because they make so much food there. Um, so I started working in the afternoon shift. So I started at 2.30 till 10.30 at night. And we focused mostly on the dinner banquets, that kind of thing, making plated desserts and all the little uh, treats to go along with uh, that but I also got to do like some sugar work and chocolate work and a little bit of bread. Pretty quickly, I realized like, I'm not a bread person. I love to eat bread and I'll enjoy to make it once in a while, but bread baking 
is a whole different beast. So I, uh, I, I realized I really like the dessert portion. I like coming up with uh, new flavors, that kind of thing. And then I also was super lucky to get the opportunity to work on some wedding cakes. I've always loved cakes my whole life since I was little. I just always wanted to make cakes and make pretty things. So that's something that I really love. I'm pretty artistic. Um, so I got the opportunity to make some wedding cakes at the hotel and pretty much what then after I did a few whenever there was one they offered it to me if I wanted it which was very exciting and that's kind of how I got into doing wedding cakes oh amazing and you said and you told me you met your husband there as well I did yes he worked in the garde manger kitchen which was uh, where they do the salads and cheese boards and sandwiches and that kind of stuff so that's where we met many many years ago now and is he from winnipeg no where is he from he's from fernie bc so not winnipeg at all no. okay so calgary really like when you moved to calgary afterwards that really was a new start for both of you yeah it was completely new i had been here just mostly to fly into the airport yeah, <laughs> to yeah. go to bath oh uh, yeah but it it was awesome it was a fun new place I've never really adventured here so you had a couple different jobs when you started in Calgary what was what was that path so when I first moved here I got a job in a cupcake bakery that is no longer around and it was a good learning experience for me (laughs) Um, didn't quite work out how I imagined uh, and I was a little bit kind of downtrodden by the end of it. And I wasn't sure if baking was really exactly what I wanted to do, if that was the right path for me. So I took a little break and then I just decided I'll just get a job in like a coffee shop, serve coffee, figure out what I want to do. And of course the first job I got in a coffee shop, they ended up needing a baker. So I was baking for them. And that was at Good Earth, which is like a, a Calgary-based franchise, but they still bake everything in-house, which is awesome. It's just more by the book. They have like a very strict guideline, which is good for consistency. And it was also a very good learning experience just as a baker to keep things consistent and how to make a lot of products that would translate to many different stores, which I thought was very cool. So I worked there for a couple of years and then the big flood happened and the shop I worked in was closed down. So then I was also again out of a job. So I applied for a job at DeVille as a barista and I was doing that. And then they uh, were looking for a new baker a few months in and they at first didn't even know I was a baker when I was working there, if I remember correctly. Uh, But then they were like, oh, you're a baker. Do you want to work for us doing the baking so I started doing that and it was really awesome that was a really good place for me to grow and then once they started selling cakes they let me use the kitchen there because you need to be all up on the safety guidelines (laughs) yeah so so that's kind of where I started my business as well so like many entrepreneurs you started your business as like a little side business or a side hustle what is like that's no joke because i mean our day jobs are a lot 
as is, right? And working in a coffee shop is, you know, you're on your feet all day or working in the bakery there. Like, it's a lot of work. And then you add this on to the side. What's your advice for others who are trying to start a business on the side of their day job and responsibilities? Uh, My advice would be do something you love. Don't just get a side business because you'll think you'll make a whole bunch of money, which maybe you will, but you might not as well. (laughs) But definitely... If there's something that's driving you that you love doing or you're super inspired by and that's what you want to focus on, that's what you should do. It's going to take up pretty much all of your time, but if it's something you love, then it's not really a job. It, it is. You have to do certain things that are not the most entertaining, but if you love what you do, it's going to be an enjoyable way to spend your time. So definitely do something you love and and still be committed to that. Don't think it's just a easy thing to do. It, it's still a whole business you're running most of the time. I mean, there are people who love doing their own bookkeeping, but that is not me. <laughs> oh, me either. It's like the worst. I, I hired, I have a bookkeeper and I love her to death because that is the job I will. I tried to do it and that was very messy and I'm glad I have someone else I can pay to do that now. Yeah, for sure. So when you made the leap to launch Sweet Relief Pastries full time, um, I'm I'm just curious because it's it's definitely a sector or an industry where there's a lot of competition, right? Like there's a lot of bakeries or or organizations that sell desserts and that kind of thing. So with that level of competition, how do you did you approach? Um, your sort of pitch for investments to banks? Like how did you position your business? So the best thing you can ever do is write a business plan. And I am not a business person. I have never wrote one ever before in my life, Um, but I got a template from, I believe it's called Alberta Women Entrepreneurs. I'm pretty sure that was the name. Yeah. And they have this awesome template because I was super overwhelmed at first, but in my mind, I had decided that's what I want to do. I want to try this out. I want to open a storefront. Uh, how do I do that? Write a business plan. So I got this template. I wrote the business plan. And it's really awesome because it tells you find your competition. Like look up who else is in your city, who else is in your uh, business, whatever. If it's online, if there's other people selling that same type of thing search them out, see what they sell, and then see how you're different. What can you do differently? What's going to set you apart from them? So I spent over a month writing this business plan and figuring that all out. And it also one really important part of it for me was you research all these businesses and see what they're doing. But then you're saying, oh, my business is different because of this. But then it also asks you to look at if that doesn't work, if this plan doesn't work, how are you still going to pay those bills? How are you going to accomplish these goals you're setting for yourself? So I thought it was really awesome. And it helped me break that stuff down and figure out a backup plan if I needed it, which luckily I haven't needed yet. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so then I just looked at these businesses, I went and checked some of them out and uh, just tried to figure out how I could do things differently that other people would still uh, need me. And so what is that? Like, what is your special sauce kind of thing? Uh, so definitely taste is super important to me. Uh, 
we do a lot of cakes and cookies. That's our main thing. So we're always experimenting, always trying to make it better, testing out new recipes, searching for better flavor combinations, always trying to do better. Nothing is ever perfect. I don't believe in perfection. So you can always change things up and make things better and uh, take advice from other people of something's not working then maybe you should try something else so we're always experimenting with that that's something super important to me and then also service is a huge thing to me I hate it when I walk into a store and nobody says hello to me I don't want you to be all over me but I at least want to be greeted um so that was very important to me as well and I still firmly believe service is a huge part of our business because you can have the best cake in the world but if you're a jerk to people no one's gonna come to your <laughs> shop no. well and you have such an inviting space with your like sprinkle wall and it's it's a really neat place to be yeah I love the sprinkle wall <laughs> I'm super curious when you were going for any of those bank meetings did you bring cake with you I actually did not. Okay. That probably would have been a good idea. <laughs> like, this is why I'm amazing. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really sure. I had never done that before, so I wasn't really sure what I was doing. But uh, I went in, I had my business plan, and then hopefully they would talk to me. Some people didn't want to, but that's okay. I found the right bank. My bank is awesome. I love them. It's Service Credit Union, and they honestly have helped me so much getting started and running my business because there's a whole bunch of stuff you don't even know about when you're trying to open a business that you need. And then uh, they always were there to help me, even if it's nothing to do with banking. They're just helpful at getting resources and that kind of thing. Oh, fantastic. Well, from the service side, I have to say, uh, I have ordered cookies for like specialty cookies from you before for my hundredth podcast episode. And I was just blown away because like, I'm pretty sure I just sent you like my podcast logo and like, this is what my equipment <laughs> looked like. And like, those came, they came back stunning, at, not just stunning, but delicious as well. And I was like, the care that you took for this, like, dozen cookies made the world to me and yet you're doing that for so many people on a daily basis yeah but you gotta treat every person like this is something very important to them because it is if not they would probably just buy something from the grocery store yeah no, well, I know I appreciated it, and I also know my family got fewer of the cookies than they would have liked because I was at home <laughs> with them, and they were tasty. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's funny because you, you were saying um, – you know, what you would do if like in the business, what would you, you, what would you do if this area of your business didn't bring in as much income and yeah. we have been hit by a global pandemic Oh yeah, <laughs> and you know, just that small thing. So I'm really curious, how are you approaching this new quote unquote normal and like what, what pivots have you had to make for your business? So we closed for about six weeks, which in my mind, when we first closed, I was like, yeah, two weeks, we'll be back, <laughs> which did not happen. Um, yeah, it was super stressful, but I think you just got to kind of embrace it. So we have taken out our storefront regular, like, lineup of treats for now. I'm 
figuring out when I can start selling that stuff again. Um, and we've had to reduce our hours. So we're focusing more on pre-order sales, which was already a pretty big portion of our business for cakes, but not so much for the cookies and stuff. So we've incorporated some fun treat boxes and we're working on doing really cute themes. So we had our tropical theme the other week, which was our first one. And we did really fun, cute tropical desserts. And these are things we always wanted to do. We just never had the time to do them because it takes a lot of work and time to get samples made and do a completely different lineup of desserts that we don't have on our menu. Um, but yeah, so what the heck we have the time now we're, we're embracing it. We're going to do some more fun theme weeks. Hopefully that will um, help us get in more sales and then hopefully we can hire back more of our staff. I've just right now been able to hire back my main baker, so there's just the two of us doing everything, but we would love to get everyone back in there and then get the shop fully back going. But for now, it's going great. Lots of people are pre-ordering, which is amazing. Oh, good. And I mean, I imagine weddings have sort of trickled out or are they doing things differently? Oh, for weddings, for the most part, people have postponed, at least in my experience, uh, postponed their wedding to the next year which is great because they're still buying cake. But a few people have also just decided to elope or have a tiny wedding, which I'm all for. Uh, so they've just been getting smaller cakes. But honestly, small cakes are super cute. Even we have our cakelets, which are like a mini cake that serves two to four people. And some people are just getting those for the two of them to kind of cut and celebrate their wedding if they're just the two of them getting married, which is adorable. Oh, that's awesome. I know we've had the cake lit before and I was like so excited because frankly for a family of like two adults and two small children, the idea of a full cake just feels overwhelming. Yeah. But the cake lit <laughs> is awesome and super satisfying and very affordable. And it still looks so cute like a real yeah. cake. Well, I hope that things start to pick up more for you, but I'm very excited about all these themed boxes. And I think it's great that you've been able to yes. pivot as much as you can. Yes, we're very excited and I'm just embracing it and going along with it. So hopefully it all works out. Good. Well, I'm going to uh, wrap up with the final five questions we ask all of our guests. So the first, uh, Deirdre, is what are the things or the projects that get you really fired up in a good way? So I love anything creative, anything new and different. So like we were talking about earlier with the theme weeks, those get me so excited because I get to try out new techniques, new ideas, things I haven't tried before, even different flavors I've never tried before. Um, and I usually get super wound up and all I want to do is make them, but then you have to do your other work <laughs> first. <laughs> um but yeah, anything creative, trying out new ideas and new flavors is something that really excites me. And it's, it makes me a little bit upset that that's all I want to do once I can see a new thing. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I felt like your Instagram lives, your IGTVs of sharing a new recipe every day felt quite creative and fun for fun for all of us oh, doing yes. our quarantine baking. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure yeah I was always like "Ooh, what what else can we make what's something new and exciting <laughs> for sure so we usually ask what's the most inspiring book that you've read in the past few years but I actually want to ask you what is what are one or two cookbooks that we should all be getting if we don't already own them 
<laughs> okay, my favorite cookbooks are the Ina Garten Barefoot Contessa cookbooks. So I have all of them. I think there's like eight-ish of them. Um, but her recipes are amazing. There's beautiful pictures of basically everything, which I personally think is very important in a cookbook. <laughs> yeah. I love cookbooks and I read them like novels and I if there's not a picture of something I probably will never make it even though I can read it and I can figure out what it looks like but yeah her cookbooks are beautiful but all the recipes in it are fairly easy and they always turn out delicious I haven't made anything out of them that wasn't super yummy so I would highly recommend any of her cookbooks those are my favorite definitely the top of my list oh that's good to know yeah we made a recipe last night it wasn't baking but like we made a soup last night we're like this did not turn out delicious at all so it's nice to know Uh, there's some cookbooks right you do all the ingredients (laughs) you do the blending your kitchen's a disaster and it doesn't taste good so it's nice to know a cookbook that is like guaranteed (laughs) yeah and like I said I read a lot of cookbooks and I have had some really gross things come out of those What are yeah. some of your go-to strategies for handling stress? So my favorite thing to do, which really helps me stay a little more calm, sometimes it's inescapable, but um, I love lists. So I make lists for work. I make them at home. I have a million lists going, but at least if I have a list of things that I can cross off when I accomplish something, it helps me keep focused and get everything done and feel a little bit less overwhelmed if I have a million things I need to do. So I lists are my go-to stress helper, <laughs> at least. <laughs> I think they're also so helpful to just like get it out of your head because if you don't like, yeah. it's like that, I don't want to forget, I don't want to forget. And that takes up so much energy and also causes additional stress. So it's a great strategy. Yeah. And then I usually forget it anyways if it's not written <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What is the best life lesson you've learned or advice that you've been given? Um, my best life lesson I learned is that I can't please everyone. <laughs> We're not the right bakery for everyone. I'm not going to be able to make the right cake for everyone. So uh, learning that it's okay to not be for everyone and just focus on what you're good at and make sure it's to the best of your abilities, even if it's not going to please everyone else. Um, at least, you know, you're doing what you're good at and that's, that is what it is. It's not going to be for everyone, but it's great to be able to know that you can't do everything. And uh, if someone's asking for something you can't do, don't be afraid to say no, just, pass it on to someone who you know is more qualified I love that and I mean you're right if you try and please everyone you end up making something that's not very special right yeah and so yeah I've had it where you agree to do something that you a don't want to do b you know you're not the right person to do it and then it ends up being something you hate and then they also don't like it which is just bad for everyone yeah so saying no sometimes it seems scary because you're turning away business or you're turning away whatever it is with a person um but it's actually for the best for everyone (laughs) 
Well, and so as most people know, this is the re-record because uh, of the technical technical failures. Last time I remember <laughs> saying to you, like, there's something I need to say no to and I've been putting off. And I said no yeah. to it and I feel so much freaking better. Uh, so that's yeah, so yeah. liberated. No is such a great word. Oh, it's amazing. And the final question, Deirdre, is what does it mean to you to live your best life? I think living your best life to me is getting to do something I love every day um, that I'm inspired by and I feel creative and excited about, but also having time for myself and time for my family and not working a bazillion hours a day at something I hate and then going home and sleeping and going back to it. I love that I can be creative and love my job, but I also can have a life, which is super important to me. I love that. And like for all the entrepreneurs listening, it is possible. You don't have to run yourself into the ground. <laughs> Take care of yourself yes. in the process. It's easy to do. It's Especially when you first open a business. I mean, it does take up your whole life, but you learn that's not the healthiest thing. So keep boundaries in there I try to not work on Sundays at least at the bare minimum which really has helped a lot Um, and then eventually you can organize yourself and learn some ways to have a bit more time and uh, be able to be at home for dinner and that kind of thing oh I love it well thank you so much for joining us on the podcast it's been a pleasure thanks so much for having me